Hi, and welcome to the Boat Princess podcast. My name is Nikki Vo, and I'm your host. I am a boat owner, a marina owner, a director on the Marina Industries Association, and a huge advocate for boating. In this series, I'm sharing the stories from every nook of the boating industry with the intention of encouraging more women to join me and for more women to get behind the helm too. I want to share the experience and opportunities of boating, of the boating industry, and I want you to join me as I bring the conversations and answer all the questions you've had. Boating is not just for the glamorous and rich and famous. It's full of beautiful and interesting people making the most of our natural environment and getting out there, enjoying the waterways. So let's set off the lines, take over the helm and escape to the world of boating. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Boat Princess podcast. I am here with Sarah Luck, who is design director at Sea yep. Tag Yachts. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Really nice to be here. <laughs> we are sitting in a very nice studio uh, apartment in the lovely Southampton Harbour Hotel. She has driven all the way up from Plymouth, for which I am very grateful, <laughs> um, because that is, of course, where Sea Tag is based. Yep. And so, have you always lived in Plymouth, Sarah? Or is no, actually, I I live in Exeter. Um, and Plymouth is obviously quite convenient to get to from Exeter, but also I travel a lot to see our customers. So being in Exeter, is that just hour closer to a lot of the marinas that we visit quite regularly? Um, so it's quite a good spot for me, to be honest. That's wonderful. So um, always been on the South Coast, though, from a, from childhood? Yes. Yeah, definitely as a South girl. Um, I did live in London for a while, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit more detail later when I worked for Princess um, in the early days. Um, but yes, predominantly south, around Southampton for a while, and then back down to Devon, and I love it down there. Oh, it's a beautiful part of the world. It yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, it's really absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So let's start with your childhood. Were you, were you a boater as a kid? or I wasn't, actually. And, and funnily enough, it wasn't something that I even really considered as a career option until I was probably in university. Okay. Um, I always wanted to do interior design. That was my love. Um, and as a child, actually, I was obsessed with a 90s TV show called Changing Rooms, which oh, everybody will I love laugh at. Changing Rooms. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I, I was obsessed with that show. And I think at the age of seven, um, I announced to my parents that I wanted to be, well, I wanted to announce that I wanted to be an interior designer, but it actually came out I'd love to be an interior disaster. Um, <laughs> so that went wrong. <laughs> Well, at least um, you didn't say you wanted to marry Lawrence around Bryan. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't say that. Um, but um, I could have said that. Um, but no, it, it sort of stemmed from there, really. And I had an obsession with always moving my bedroom around, uh, much to the annoyance of my parents downstairs. Um, and uh, I just always had a had a thing for it. So um, I was very focused on going into design from a very young age. Um, and it was always something that was my priority at school. I was always drawing and and um, doing very excited about being doing visual tasks um, more so than maths and science and things, perhaps. Yeah. Um, 
but um, yeah, that's kind of where it started, really. Yeah, so you've always had that passion. Yeah, I remember Changing yeah. Rooms. It was a great show. I used to love it. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's made a bit of a comeback recently, yeah. um, but you can't beat the early ones. No, no exactly right. <laughs> all, the, all those stencils. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and borders and everything you just wouldn't go near now, but um, at the time were brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So it was a real passion for you, for you from childhood for yes. your whole in- interior design space is there is there anyone else in your family that influenced that or was that just purely from you um not directly I would say there's there's definitely a lot of creative people in my family um in the music line as well as as sort of art um but not really interior design um that's just something that I just I fell in love with for whatever reason um and I, I seem to be the only one that's done that in my family yeah Fantastic. So mm. obviously you had a very clear direction as you what you wanted your education to be. So yes. what did you do? Um, so after I left school, I went to um, to college and focused purely on art and design. Um, from Instead of doing ordinary A-levels, I did a, a diploma in art and design. Um, so I was very, like I said, very keen on focusing in on that area from, from a younger age. Um, absolutely loved that and there was lots of different areas of art and design that I I covered in that um from there I then went on to Winchester School of Art and did textile design um because I wanted to have a detailed knowledge of one area of interior design um and I thought I can always specialize in doing general interior design after I've done something like textile design so my my knowledge of textiles is um it's quite detailed um, and I think that's really important for the type of job that I do Um, and after I was in college um, and I and I finished my my degree um, I went to work for as a work experience I went to work for a company called Palmer Johnson Yachts um, and they were in Hythe at the time Um, and I just kind of all of a sudden it clicked with the boats and I thought, you know, this is so creative um, and it's so different to sort of any other avenue of interior design that I'd ventured down. Um, and I, I didn't really look back from that point, to be honest. I kind of thought, right, I need to do boats. I need to do yachts. Um, and I thought at that point, yacht design and high-end yacht design requires such a high level of knowledge and precision and and a very um uh well it's not just about the de- it's not just about the designers you've got to make things work and they've got to actually tolerate yes, exactly. the movement and all those sorts of and things and it's all so well. custom isn't it yeah and they're all so different so so at that point I thought right uh, I really need to go and study uh interior design specifically and try and tailor my studies towards yachts Um, which is what I did. I went to um, KLC School of Design in London, in Chelsea. Um, And I really, uh, throughout that course, I was very keen on always saying to them, right, this is, my project is tailored towards a yacht. It's always tailored towards a yacht. Um, And at the time, I was was one of few that were interested in that avenue. Um, And it wasn't something that was widely sort of um, thought of as an avenue to go down interior design. No, Um, I can imagine. And it's 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 funny that oh, this was sort of 10, 10 or so years ago. Uh, and in the last 10 years, I've actually been invited back to KLC to talk about um, design with yachts and boats. 
um, because there seems to be such a growing interest in it. And it is something that now is on their radar, whereas it wasn't a decade ago. There you go. Um, so that's a really lovely development to see. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Um, because, yeah, like you say, it's it's interior design is a, is a massive uh, area. But, mm. yeah, it's actually specifying to the yachts is uh, quite unusual. And um, like you say, the, the, well, I think the quality of interior design that's done on a yacht is so much higher yes. than in a normal apartment, if yes. you like. Um, it, and it's it allows you the creativity to, to be a little bit more interesting, a little bit more. Yes. Because um, you've got to excite people when they get onto the, that yacht, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's things you can get away with in homes, in beautiful homes as well, that you just can't on a boat. Mm. Um, and everything needs to be that much more polished and that much more tailored to the space um, for it to look as it should. Um, and, of course, in doing that, there's many different options in how you can customise things. So part of the charm and the beauty of, of working directly with our customers is that each and every project is always completely different um and they've always got the owner's stamp on them and I'm I'm always very keen to preserve that um and I don't I'm not the kind of designer that likes to push my own style too much on somebody it to me it's very important that all the projects come out looking different actually um because they should all represent the owner um and a lot of people do have trouble visualizing what they want to do sometimes they don't even know what the style is but that that really is my role is to pull out people's style and make them feel comfortable with what they're doing and then fall in love with what we're putting together and think oh my god that that really is me yeah that's wonderful yeah yeah so that course at klc went for how long uh, that was a three-year part-time course and I worked um, with a residential interior designer at the time as well actually um, and kind of carried on building up my knowledge and working with customers um, and getting the client-facing side of of my experience as well. So on, so at that time you started to work on that that whole working with clients and yes. and giving them their vision as well as as um, giving them advice on your vision. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's great. And um, just just what part of the process that I love is just talking to people at the beginning of the process and trying to really understand who they are and and what makes them tick. Um, and, and when I show people a selection of materials or, or timbers or metals or whatever it is at the beginning of a project, just to see the things that people gravitate towards versus what they really hate is fascinating. Mm. And then yes. based on that short meeting, I can go away and pull something together that I'm 90% I'm sure that they will love. Um, and then from there, we tweak it into the, the final sort of article, really. I think I think that's a really good uh, difference between a good designer and a not so good designer is, yeah, lis really listening to their client and and absorbing their their likes and their dislikes and um, I think that's super super important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So after you've done the KLC course, what did you do then? Uh, then I huh, this is a funny story actually. <laughs> um, so I I sort of honed in on princess yachts. Um, early on uh, in that course and I thought because I was comparing them to other brands and, and sort of the quality of what Princess offered um, and the design that they designs that they came out with were in my opinion um, superior uh, and I thought you know that's 
that's the kind of level of company I want to work for. Um, and the, the boats were beautiful, are beautiful. Mm. Um, so I sent them a few letters and this was sort of back in the day really where you sent letters on nice paper um, mm -hmm. to with the HR departments. Yes. And if they didn't have a job available, they put you on a pile probably, yes. um, which I guess is what had happened. And I think I probably sent three or four and I thought this isn't working. So I'm going to go to Southampton Boat Show and I'm just going to go and talk to them. I'm just going to walk up on the stand and say, um, have, have you got my letters? Sorry to be a pain, but you know, I really love you as a brand and I, I'm very keen to work for you um so I did I did just that um and I was fortunate that on that day uh, one of my ex-colleagues was there um I had a great chat with her um and subsequently got an interview with the director of creative design at the time Sarah Veery yep um and uh it, it just sort of went from there really we, we got on really well and um I I started working for them I think about a month after my course had finished two months after my course had finished um, and it was, uh, yeah, the best thing I, I did, to be honest, I wouldn't, I can't imagine it. Life without that yeah. moment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I have a, I have a similar moment to that. Um, and I think this is a message that we need to get across to people, uh, potentially looking at coming into our industry is, um, that don't be afraid to approach, um, directly, um, a, a company that you want to work with because the, the absolute worst thing they can do is say no and if that if that's mm, exactly that's it that's it you know mm. but um but I think a lot of people might send that first email or that first letter and and not get a response and therefore not continue to pursue it yes. but I think um I'm a perfect example I'm a very very busy person and I, I might not see that first email mm. and and therefore if you if you approach me another way then I, I might see that, you know. Yes. So um, I think it's very important to, to get that message. Uh, rejection is okay. Yes. And you just, it gives you a learning curve of, of doing something else as well. But I, I did the exact same, same with the Ritz in London. I, um, when I was at college, uh, they had a stand and I, I literally went up to them and said, I want to work for you. Mm. It works. Yeah. It just works. Yeah. And they, and they said, yeah. okay, come in for an interview. And that, yeah. and that was it. So so you need to to put yourself out there, and it can be a little mm. bit scary, but but putting yourself out there gets you something. If, if you don't yeah. if you don't ask, you don't get. It's as simple as Absolutely. that in life. And it allows it allows people to see that you're, you know, a go getter. You're passionate. Um, you're you're already uh, part of the team, really, um, because you're already wanting to work for them. Um, and it's it it just gives people a bit more confidence than reading a piece of paper. I agree, and, and with a, with a brand like that, like Princess, mm. you you already have a belief in their brand. Yes, so it, it's wonderful for them that 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 belief, that passion in their brand, mm. is you know that they're already at a head start from from employing you. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Okay, so you're at Princess. You're designing. What, what are you doing at Princess specifically? So um, I started. Um, by working in their London office. Um, and that was with a couple of colleagues there. I started in a junior role, um, assisting a couple of colleagues. Uh, I think that was for, for about six months to a year. Um, and, I, and that was in the design space or just generally within the company? So that was initially we had a, a sort of um, 
what do you call it, like a studio uh, in Lots Road in Chelsea. Um, and then we moved to um, PMYS's uh, sort of flagship central London um, office, which is in Grosvenor Street. Uh, and we have a, a, had a beautiful um, office studio downstairs um, for the, for the de designers to work in. And it meant that whenever our customers came in, we had the boardroom and we had all those other facilities around us as well, which is really good. Um, so I worked there with them. I was in that office, I think about three years in total. And a couple of those years, obviously, I then took on my own projects and started with my, working with my own customers. Um, and it was predominantly working with customers on boats over sort of 80 feet at the time, um, doing, you know, quite dramatic customizations and really upgrading their, their yachts to something quite special. Um, it was a we offered a service as well to boats under that size where they could um, pay a fee and, and get the design studio involved in, in making customizations to any boats. Okay. Um, so I did get a very good knowledge through that time of the kind of things that people would want, kind of things that people want to ask for that are additional to a standard product. Um, which was very interesting. Mm. And presumably that office was in London because Plymouth is quite a long drive. So Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and also there's so many different design houses in London. Um, yes. You can really inspire people by just taking them for a walk down Bond Street um, and showing them, you know, some beautiful throws in Ames or, um, you know, products in Fendi. Yeah. There's, there's so many um, brands around there that really help and the design process, you can get inspiration from just walking down there and you think, oh my gosh, that blanket has such stunning colors in it. Why don't we use that for inspiration for your master cabin, for example? Yeah, um, and that's a piece that you work from as it were. Yes, yeah, yeah sometimes it worked out that way. Um, and also you've got Chelsea Harbour in London, uh, which is just full of the most beautiful uh, designer shops uh, for interior design Yeah, um, beautiful. And, and lighting companies, et cetera. So, yeah. You've kind of got everything around you that you need to really customize something to to its its best. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Yeah. Okay, so you've been in the London office for a while. Did you say three years? Yes, about yeah. three years, I think. Okay, yeah. and and then what happened? And then I I made the decision um, because I think I said earlier on I'm I'm a Devon girl, really. Yes. Um, I made the decision that actually I wanted to move back to to Devon God's country yeah. yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and uh I investigated the op opportunity with my my then boss um of going to work with her in the in the shipyard um so I worked with her for a couple of, a couple of years in Plymouth um and that was on the development of the, all the new boats um and the, the look of the interiors of the new boats and um, predominantly more FF&E and surface design based okay. that role. All right. Um, Just explain to the listeners what FF&E means. So it's 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 the the things that you see when you're looking around. So it's the lighting, it's the furniture, it's the, um, they call it equipment, but it's, it's relating to um, the things that you touch and feel and use, you know, you, door handles, um, that kind of thing. And it, it's the the look that can change according to taste okay so it's the things that um the finishes that it could be a leather it could be um a stone it could be whatever it is it's the finishes really it's the overall kind of 
you know, it, it goes to curtains, it goes to tablecloths even. It can go quite, you know, to Does it go right to cutlery or? It can do. Yeah, yeah it okay. can do. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of those final trimmings, those final layers. Um, and it's it's not, what it's not is the structural side of things. It's not where's that bulkhead going um, and that kind of side of things. But it yeah. is, it's the finished um, look. So it's the feel and the... The finishes the and, and the, the mood and the yes. and, uh, the way it makes you feel when you're on board. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you were in, involved heavily in doing that. Um, what was your, I guess, what was what was your difference that you brought to that design? What do you think was, could you know, could you tell that's a Sarah Luck moment there? Um, I don't think so um, because we we work in such a team spirit down there i think it would be very difficult to say that and pick on any of the designers and say oh that's them and that's them and that's them i mean the the nature of of working um within princess and particularly in in the development department is that you're all there for a collective product and a collective look and i think it's very important that you you don't actually drive your personal opinion too much. You always um, try and think about what what the best thing is for the collective look and, and the design for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's and of course when you're designing a, a standard um, boat, you need to make sure that you're appealing to loads of different tastes. Yes, um, rather than just one individual. Yeah, so it's quite a different way of looking at design and i guess you've, it's got to be brand, brand on point right so it's, it's got to look like a princess hasn't yes. it yeah. yeah yeah absolutely that's that's the most important thing yes yeah yeah, yeah. wow so you were doing that for a, a period of time yes um and then what happened after that uh, <laughs> then um i i decided to leave um princess and i was I was I went actually went to go and set up my own interior design company um with a bit more of a sustainable um kind of view on things because that was your one of your value sets that's yes. what you wanted to bring to the table as yeah, it were yeah absolutely and and one of the things I was quite keen to to do was to offer people um a high end look but in a sustainable way and I think a lot of people certainly back you know people's assumption of of sustainable design is I'm going to have a rustic log for my <laughs> dining table. And, Put a few seeds on it. <laughs> and Yeah, exactly. And then some, you know, and, and it, it's, you can, of course, do that look and that can look gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but you can also achieve quite high end looks in a sustainable or more sustainable way. So I was quite keen to get that across to people. Um, and really, unfortunately, um, a couple of months after I started that, I did a project which which worked out really well. And then COVID hit oh. um, just at that point. Um, and then, of course, I couldn't I couldn't visit anybody. Yeah. Um, so it kind of put a bit of a stopper in in the plan. Yes. Um, and then towards the end of that COVID year, um, Chris got in touch with me about about CTAG. OK, so um immediately I thought well this sounds like a fantastic idea yes um and very aligned with your values with the sustainability very aligned with my values yeah um bringing something dated back to life I got to work with customers again I got to do you know the, the my favorite thing is working with customers and pulling out their loves and passions and 
and you know really what they want to feel like in the space even if they have no idea how to, to achieve that yes um that's very rewarding and I thought oh this is the perfect opportunity and and of course boating was a, a growth area in COVID so many other areas weren't but boating yes. really did yeah. a spurt of growth during that time because yeah. people realised it was something safe they could do. Absolutely, your own yeah. space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you thought, okay, growth area. Mm. Um, I know this guy is a good guy as well. You already um, had worked for him yes. at Princess. So um, so tell me about that that whole process in, in coming together with Chris and that starting within SeaTag. So... Um, in the early days, I was quite lucky to get involved with um, the sort of what the company branding is going to look like as well. And okay. I worked with my colleague, Ali, who you've interviewed previously. Yes. Yeah, I love um, And uh, she she is, is obviously had has loads of experience with marketing. And it was quite interesting to sit in on some of those meetings and understand a bit more about that side of it. Um, but I had a particular look in my head as well that I, I wanted to to make sure that we hit, which was quite a, a high end branding. Yep. And I thought, well, you know, Chris had lots of ideas about the direction in, in which the company or he wanted the company to go, um, of which I agree with. And I think the branding we came up with really sings well with that. I agree. It's beautiful. And yeah. um, it, it feels elegant and, and like it what it should be mm. um so it was really fun to get involved in that side of things before we actually started the business properly um and then of course we in the april uh, i think it was 21 we took on our first project um which was a fairline squadron 58 oh nice yes very nice boat mm. um and we did what I feel now is quite a tame transformation yeah. <laughs> compared to the summer projects we're working on at the moment, um, which is a, a much more sort of, don't like using the word invasive, but much more sort of thorough. Yes. Um, and, but it, it just worked. And I think people, people then really started to understand that actually, oh my gosh, you can make such a big difference to a space by just having a new headboard and a new carpet and, um, you know, the, a few elements that are carefully selected. Yeah. And I think that's the the art of it, really. Um, and it's particularly with boats where you're not doing a, lo a lot of rework to them, you've got to be quite careful about what elements you're choosing to change and what elements you leave. And I think if you reduce the amount of timber on some of these older boats, you actually make the bits of timber that you leave look much more special and much more beautiful and it's it's kind of it's as important to look at the things you're leaving as it is to look at the things you're renewing and just to make sure that actually you're going to make the old things look new again and not make them look older yeah okay um so there's a bit of an art to what you pick and choose to do you don't need to do everything uh, but the art is in knowing what not to do and what to do I love that because I've noticed you even um, when you say you replace the headboard, you don't necessarily just replace. Because there are people that do, you know, re replacements of of fabrics in boats, right? And their mm. their trimmers in there. But you guys go that little bit further. You change the sh shape of that headboard slightly, yes, to bring it into a more modern design. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes, um, we do that. We also 
I like to make sure that we're picking up on some of the original features of the boats as well, so that even though what we're doing feels fresher and newer, it still has a link back to the old heritage of the boat. And you don't feel like you've completely just ignored the original style because some of these boats are, you know, do have a beautiful original look about them. And I'm aware not everybody wants to change that. You know, it's, it's quite important to leave that sometimes um, and to actually enhance it rather than ignore it. So, for example, with a headboard, some of these older boats have beautiful kind of um, cappings to the bottom of the, the shelving or the side linings in timber. And you think, well, actually, I'm going to copy the same radius that capping has and make sure that the headboard has exactly that same radius. It's a very simple thing, mm. but just those links make it feel like, oh, is that headboard original or is that new or is that, but it looks new? But you know, so you, the art is not knowing what we've changed. It's um, it's just making it all feel like a brand new product. I love that. Yeah, and I guess it's very exciting for you to take it um, because some of the boats presumably sometimes come to you, and a new owners patchly bought them um, and the previous owner perhaps didn't have the money to spend on them so you get the opportunity to to, to do some big changes and make it look um, quite amazing yes that but that must be um, incredible to see the clients faces when they when they see the end result yeah absolutely and that is one of my favorite favorite moments um, actually when you bring somebody on for the first time and they just don't recognize it in a good way yes um, but they do totally then see all the plans that you've been through with them and think oh my god yes I love that on paper and my god look at it in real life yes. and it's a very exciting moment to be involved in yeah um and yeah it's is a real pleasure to see that to see that moment yeah and of course with what what you're doing you're ta taking old boats and turning them into newer boats or making them feel like newer boats again mm. um that's obviously very closely aligned with your values on sustainability because yes. it's not building a new one. It's it's taking one that already yep. exists because, of course, they can um, last for a very long time, these yachts, and they're, they're built well in the first place. So um, they can be around for a very long time. So um, I know you are very strong in that sustainability pace, space mm -hmm. and I know you've been looking at some specific things in that uh, sustainability. Can you tell us about those? Yes, so there's a few there's a few different avenues to this. Um, firstly, fabrics. Um, there's so many different designers now that are offering more sustainable fabric options. Um, some of them uh, actually reuse plastic they've taken from the oceans and weave those plastics into materials, which we've used on a couple of projects. Um, there's a carpet that we've used in a few different colorways on a couple of different projects now. Um, which is also woven with sea plastic, but you would <sighs> never know that by looking at it because it looks so beautiful and high-end and opulent. And again, like I was saying earlier, my, my passion really is taking something like that as a surprise and someone's picked it before they know that that's the situation and you tell them and they go, oh, like, that's I thought fantastic. that was test. You know, it's, yeah. it's um, it, it you know, it's because that would make them feel even better about picking that product, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And not to mention it, it's more practical because it has got that element of plastic in it. It's much more easy to clean, you know, which is very important on on a yacht anyway. Yeah. Um, so there's there's lots of different textile products that you can find, uh, whether it be carpet or fabrics um, that have 
those recycled properties either fully recycled partly or some of them give donations to to um, different charities um, depending on how many meters you buy um, and a lot of them started planting trees etc so there's a lot of good companies out there that are really trying to be more sustainable and it's it's sort of directing our attention more at them and supporting them than companies that maybe don't do that mm. um, that's important I love um, that and there's also there's also other ways in which we're trying to become more sustainable um, like looking at the interiors of our sofas for example i mean foam is not not great for the planet no um certainly when it burns it's no, atrocious for the planet. exactly yeah so there's there's different avenues that we're looking at for that i wouldn't say we're there yet to be honest um we we we're making sure that um these things are tried and tested really tried and tested before we offer them to our customers um in the sea environment because mm -hmm. they're tried and tested obviously on land but um, we want to make sure that they're fit for purpose. Um, but there's lots of different fillings that we can replace foam with, um, like coca lock, which is a, a horse hair that's um, been coated in natural latex. Um, there's also another one that's uh, a coconut fiber that's covered in natural latex. So they're quite spongy and they, feel, they do feel like foam, um, but they're completely recyclable and they're much more eco-friendly. And I know your mattresses, you have a focus of um, local wool in those, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And our mattresses are made locally um, and they're all, they're all fitted exactly to the, to the bunks and everything. So they're, you know, they're not something you can just get off the shelf either. Yeah. So you've got um, products that are really sustainable and incredible to, uh, to have on board. Mm. Um, I guess you've got to think, like you said earlier, about the practicality of that product for being actually on a yacht um, in terms of the yacht's use and so on and so forth. I, I guess that's another added element to your design rather than mm. another interior design. Is that something yes. you've learnt over time? or? Yes, and I think because, of, because I've been in the marine industry so long, I kind of forget now what 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 isn't important in a house <laughs> so you know for example you you don't need to bolt your lamp down if you're in a house um it's not going to move anywhere um but certainly with materials and and uv and that kind of thing um you know it's it's really important you get that right on a boat yeah. um and particularly for exterior fabrics and there's some really beautiful fabrics that look like woven indoor fabrics now that you can use outside um, and the fabric technology is getting better and better. Yes. It's um, it's mad what you can put in front of people and they'll say, oh my God, can I put that outside? Are you sure? And it's it's completely practical. Wow. Um, so there's a there's a lot of a lot of technology that's um that's there now that wasn't even two or three years ago. Yeah. 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 So what's the favorite project you've been work we've worked on so far since you've been with CTEG? Oh gosh, that's a really hard question. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot with uh, that one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really hard because they're all so different and they're all enjoyable in their own way. Um, oh, give me a few. I've 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 really enjoyed. Uh, we did Hunton that was at Southampton Boat Show last September. Um, I loved that project because that really shows a full transformation. Um, that's the boat that we took. Um, it's a 1990s Hunton. Um, it was a really 
a bit of a mess um, when we got hold of her. Um, and it, it's it's completely transformed. I mean, it looks absolutely stunning now. Um, we've done all the exterior paint. Um, we've done all new upholstery. Um, massive engineering works on that boat. Um, the interior was completely ripped out. We actually moved the bulkhead in there a meter aft to accommodate a forward berth where there wasn't one before. Wow. Um, which was approved by Hunton yeah. <laughs> and the structural team. Um, and it, it just looks like a different boat, to be honest. Um, but the beauty of that original hull uh, is is made even more beautiful now by the new paint and everything. So it's quite an eye catcher. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's got to be up there in my in my favorite projects, definitely. Love that because yeah, because the classic lines of a of a yacht, um, you know, that there is that term of phrase they don't build them like they used to because mm. they they don't to a certain extent with some of the yachts now. So. Um, some of those classic lines can be, I mean, Warren's, yeah, for example, in Australia, Warren was a, a brand that existed on this, in Australia for a period of time. It no longer exists. Mm. So there are some beautiful Warrens on Sydney Harbour and I'm hoping that those owners will continue to take care of those yachts because they're beautiful. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame when we lose some of those brands. Um, so to have a, a business like yours that brings those brands back to life again is, yeah. is for me. For me, it's really exciting because I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer in. I get very emotionally attached to my yachts and my cars and things like that. So I love that we can put a new edge and a new life mm. back into it, something mm. that we love, absolutely, rather than having to go and find a new one that, yeah. that we don't have that relationship with. You know, yes. so. So yeah. I think it's a wonderful um, option for people to be able to go to your business and do that. Yeah, absolutely. And if yeah. you if you look at companies like Singer, who who um, will refurb Porsches in the most beautiful way, classic Porsches, and what they do just enhances every aspect of that vehicle. Yeah, and that's what we want to achieve at SeaTag. Yes. You know, it's it's about it's about elevating and enhancing what you've got. Um, and it's it's certainly not about taking the character away at all. And if it's something that's very important to you to keep or elevate the character, then you know we'd only be too happy to to um, to work on that. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really like I said, completely customer led. Um, whatever somebody wants to do, we'll we'll do that. You know, it, whether whether that be a complete rip out and make it look like a brand new boat inside. Yes. Or whether it is really playing on those original features and 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 making it look you know even a little bit deco if you wanted to go that far um there's there's endless options because that's a bit of a design trend at the moment art deco isn't it yeah it yeah is. yeah it's definitely coming back a little bit it comes in waves that one yes but um i've seen a lot of that around at the moment there you go yeah and of course of course the boat design has improved in certain areas so you can add elements like pull out pantries that wouldn't have existed yes. on, a, on a boat that was built in the 90s but yes. absolutely exists on every new built boat built today yeah. so and it is about adding those luxuries in and quite a lot of the boats we've done we've added in new tv lifters and larger tvs and things like that so it is about getting those modern day luxuries into the boats as well um, and making them still feel like they were part of the original design yeah yeah so, yeah. so in terms of um uh a, a, your uh, liaison with the clients um 
what's what's the most um, exciting part of that for you in terms of creating that vision for them? Um, oh, the most exciting part. I think the most exciting part is when I start to see the spark in them that what of of the creation of what we're talking about kind of when that sinks in um, and they kind of get it. Now that doesn't always happen with everybody. Some people can't really visualize things as well as I can, for example. And it, you get that moment on the boat when you take them on at the end. And a lot of our customers do have so much trust in us as a team to deliver something beautiful. Um, we've got one customer at the moment who's who doesn't want to see it throughout the whole process, and he's left every decision to me. Um, wow. And he he says, "You you know the kind of thing I want, and I think better than I do." Um, so you do it and, um, and I'll come and see at the end. That must feel lovely to have that level of trust in your ability. Yeah, it, it does. Absolutely. And I do, and I do know what he wants totally. Um, and I do believe what he says is I do know better than he, in this occasion, better than he, what he wants. Um, so I'm sure he's going to be absolutely over the moon with it. Yeah. Oh, how wonderful. That's exciting. So you must get totally different levels of clients wanting to be totally involved in every detail and then... Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, they're all really fun to work with, whatever whatever their style of design is. And for me, it's just important that they get the thrill at some point and they love it at the end. Um, and, you know, for the customer I was talking about a moment ago, he will get that thrill at the end in a huge way. Um, but he wants the shock of going on and going, wow, this is my new boat. This is amazing. Um, other people want the constant excitement all the way through the project, which is great too. And you get you get um, to work with them in a different way and you get to know them in a different way, um, working with them like that as well. So it's it's it really is a tailored process, whether that's, um, you know, like I said, no two boats are the same, but that no two clients are the same. The yeah. whole process is different every time, to be honest. Yeah. Is it yeah. one little thing that you've changed in a design recently that you got really excited about because it was something that you want, you wanted to get done and it was a really great result for it? Um, oh, gosh, there's probably endless things, to be honest. Um there's there's a lot that happens every day at SeaTag. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so um, I kind of forget half of it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, there's there's always little wins, to be honest. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm very grateful that we've got such an amazing team of carpenters and tradesmen in the in SeaTag um, that are very understanding of my changes of mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, no, but they're brilliant and they they understand how to translate a vision I have into the real thing in a quality way. Yes. And that's really important. They have those skills and I completely rely on them to make sure that it's built to the best quality. Um, and they, they know how to achieve what's in my head, which yeah. is which is real great teamwork. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So. I think we've had a wonderful conversation about what you do at SeaTag, Sarah. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, yeah. enjoyed it. Good, <laughs> good. Um, just um, if there's anybody out there that has that sort of interior design love or or design love in some way and would love to get in, in, into the boating industry, what would you like to say to them? Um I would I would just say do it but I mean there's there's nothing worse than thinking oh, I'd love to do that but I'm not confident enough I think you build your confidence whilst doing it and 
that's what I've learned. You just need to be a sponge. You need to go in there, um, not be afraid to say, I don't know what that means. Um, and can you help me with this? Um, you, that's how you learn. And I think, uh, if you, if you single out a company or a few companies that you think they're fantastic and I'd love to get involved with them, just talk to them, just go and talk to them. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It's been lovely having you here, Sarah. Thank you. I wish you every success with both your career at SeaTag, but also your baby that's on the way, which is very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, (laughs) a whole new world ahead with that, my love. A different type of challenge, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, that's going to be a fun world for you as well, which Mm. is very exciting. So I wish you every success with that. Thank you. Um, How do we find you online to talk to? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn um, and we are, as as CTAG, we're on LinkedIn, we're on on Instagram, uh, Facebook. We have a website, which is um, ctagyachts.com. Um, we're very easy to find as a business, to be honest. We're all we're all on there and we're all very chatty and open to conversations. I certainly love watching your Instagram. It's very it's very cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of a lot of fun projects on there. And on our website as well, there's some great case studies um, and you can watch before and after videos um, of, of all the projects, which are fascinating, really, because you see you see the whole process in some of those videos and you see the scary rip out stage in the middle as well, which which a lot of people don't want to see but it's it is interesting it's yeah. very interesting yeah absolutely so that's sea yeah. tag yachts that's s-e-t-a-g yes and of course yachts we all know how to spell that so <laughs> it's been great talking to you sarah and we'll see you on the water soon Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boat Princess podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you'd like to know more about what I do and where I am, then you can follow me on Instagram at the Boat Princess. You can also sign up to my newsletter on my website, which is theboatprincess.com. Take care of yourselves, everyone, and hopefully we'll see you on the water soon.